everyone, what's up? Welcome to the Midtown Midweek. Three best friends hanging out on some couches, chatting about the sermon from Sunday. It's your host, Melissa Fennell, joined by my co-host, Jake Blair. What up? How's it going? Going real great. How about you? Going real great. It's true. (laughs) Had a fun weekend. What about you? I built a TV stand. Okay. That was fun. With your bare hands? My bare hands. Wow. I've learned sitting on a hard floor for more than an hour is not great when you're in your 30s. Yeah. Things really start falling apart when you hit your 30s. That list is getting longer and longer. And our best friend for this week is none other than Pastor Brandon Clements. How are we doing, Brandon? I'm fantastic. Glad to be the stand-in best friend this week. How was your weekend? How was your Sabbath? Did y'all do anything fun for Halloween? We had a blast on Halloween, trick-or-treating in our neighborhood, in our old neighborhood. And uh, yeah, good good weekend, did a wedding, was kind of busy. Family was a little sick, so a little, little chaotic, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. What'd they dress up as, kiddos? A good witch, a bad witch, a skeleton, and Paw Patrol. Marshalls and <laughs> One of these things. It's not like the other. Yeah. <laughs> Random assortment. What's the candy situation like out in Lexington? Are they passing out full-size candy bars? I don't know that we got full-size candy bars, but a lot of some houses do the bags of like really good candy. Mm-hmm. A lot of it. So it's an abs- absolutely absurd amount of candy that we got in our house. That's great. We will. The, we will. They will not be allowed to eat all of it. We heard an idea a few days ago by a couple in our life group. Have you heard of the Switch Witch? No. The Switch Witch, I'd never heard of it, but essentially you collect all your candy and then overnight the Switch Witch comes, takes your candy and replaces (laughs) it with a toy of your choice. The Switch Witch might make a visit to our family because there is no way we're going (laughs) to, I'm going to let them consume all that sugar. That's amazing. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. That reminds me. They were of... into it. I mean, we didn't, we said, would you guys be interested in this? We yeah. heard this happens. But you know that the candy is free and the switch, which sounds like it costs money. So that's true. And they were getting really excited last night, collecting all the candy saying, oh man, the switch, Witch is going to love this. And I asked Lucy, <laughs> so what's the exchange rate with the switch? Witch? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> that so. rem- was it, who was it? Jimmy Fallon or someone who did the video, like parents would say i ate all your halloween candy and then the kids would just like melt yeah do you remember those videos yes well let's go ahead and let's get into some of the people's questions from the sermon or just the midweek in general one person mentioned something that is more a local spotlight so does someone want to say the catchphrase brandon is it columbia you'd rather be here it sure is got it This listener says, what's up, besties? Cantina <laughs> is a Columbia staple, and I once ended up eating there three times in one week. I'm not mad about it. What is everyone's favorite cantina taco? The Peruvian is my favorite, and as always, hashtag Melly for president. Peruvian shrimp is my favorite taco. So I learned a fun order from Andrew Flowers over at Lexington, and he gets the... I think only the Divine Street one will do this. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. A buffalo chicken quesadilla. So they normally do regular chicken with barbecue sauce, but you can have them do the buffalo chicken instead. Ooh. And it is very good. That's a good tip. And get a side of the Southwest Ranch to dip it in. And it is like delicious. Andrew always knows the good food tips. Yes, always. Do you have a... A favorite taco? You know, it's been a while since I've been there. I, I think the surf and turf may be my favorite. Is I think that the that's steak my favorite and shrimp? as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's really well done. Also, a little pro tip about Cantina. If you get the tres hombres, you can switch them out. So if you don't like the salsa, you can do two quesos and one guac. For the price of normal. Yep. Whoa, that is a hot tip. Yeah, game changer. You're welcome. Dang. Well, there you go. Cantina <laughs> you <it> 76. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. Let's get into the sermon for this week. And while we are talking about the sermon for this week, I thought I would read for us one of the midweek questions that we had. This person said something very silly uh, to me, so I'm not going to read that out loud, but they have this. He said, one question I had was the idea of the lack of generosity being equated to stealing. Could you guys expand on that? I don't disagree that a lack of generosity or greed is clearly against scripture and sinful. I'm struggling to connect the dots to the eighth commandment. So do you want to take that, Brandon? Yeah. So, you know, the the most direct application of that came from the Old Testament, um, you know, Leviticus 19, where it says the farmer shouldn't, you know, maximize his profit by going all the way to the edges of the field, but should leave the edges for the poor. And, you know, the, the gleanings of wheat that were dropped should not be picked up because those are to be left for the poor. And so it sets this idea that to to actually take all of that for yourself, even though it was your field, was stealing from the poor because God set it up in such a way that the leftovers were for the poor. And so that was, you know, one of the direct applications of it. Tithing was also a direct application of it where in Malachi 3, God says, if you're not uh, tithing the way I've called you to, then you are stealing from me. And so, you know, it's a uh, partially direct, you know, correlation between some of those ideas from the Old Testament and and partially just a conceptual, you know, shift of if God designed us to be givers, to be shares of the abundance he's given us, then when we refuse to do that, when we hoard everything for ourselves, then, you know, in some way, shape or form, that means we are taking from the things that we are designed to be giving to. Yeah, I think a couple things with that question first of all if we understand sort of the background of genesis 1 and 2 like we were talking about that everything we have is given to us by god to be stewards and as stewards we recognize this is not our stuff in the first place right and god intends for us to share that with others and so when we are not doing that we are depriving others Uh, i think just helping people see the connection between like it's ultimately not your stuff like you're just in charge of like shepherding it according to how god says this is how God says yes to share it. So a lack of generosity is is ultimately not acting as a steward. That's it's right. acting as an as if you're the owner mm-hmm. of a hundred percent of your stuff. Yeah, and we're just conduits, you know. Right. I hope folks are sort of seeing the connection to in all of these commandments, like don't murder, don't commit adultery. Like Jesus is after the heart, right? And don't see it purely as this negative commandment of don't do that, but to see that there is underneath it a positive command, a positive ethic that we're all supposed to be striving towards. And that commandment is more or less the the fruit of what happens when you don't live out the ethic of what it means to be a human created by God. Right. Yeah. And so I, I would maybe think of it more, I think we said this in the sermon, you know, that generosity is the opposite of stealing, that giving is the opposite of taking. And so maybe not thinking about it in black and white terms of, you know, okay, technically, if I'm not being as generous as I'm supposed to be, is that stealing? It's like, well, what we're saying is it's the opposite. Mm. It's the opposite heart. Mm-hmm. And a an ungenerous heart is, is the same heart that leads to stealing. 
And at least in some instances, scripturally, God says a lack of generosity is a form of stealing. Yeah. I think our church is very good at giving generously or just thinking about like when people post needs like in our little midtown facebook page how quickly like everyone is just like yeah i got you you know mm-hmm. i think that is like really sweet i think about during covid when that hit and how we raised up like tens of thousands of dollars yeah. to distribute to people who were in need or their work they just weren't able to and how much we were able to provide for folks like no one was unable to pay a bill no one was uh having to skip meals we were able to do that because our people are generous yes and i think so so wonderful and beautiful that we get to be a part of that absolutely the person filling out the form didn't say this but uh one thing i wanted to talk about on the midweek was in the sermon we talked about the old testament tithe is that applied in the new testament we have a resource available for you in the show notes and i'll just go ahead and answer that so in the old testament 10% was sort of legislated on top of other ways to give. I think we even said at downtown, at least that equaled up near 20%, but that was legislated. And we, as new Testament Christians following Jesus, we don't have the law to guide us. And so even though we don't have the legislated tithe 10%, what you do have upon us is if this was true of old Testament believers, that this was something they had to do. How much more does grace free us up to be generous to people? While we don't have a direct New Testament law chapter verse, you must give 10% as a follower of Jesus. What you do have is pictures in Acts chapter two of people sharing everything that they had. So while there is no exact figure number, you do have sort of this guideline of, yeah, it's not required, but how much more are we be generous now? Yeah, it certainly seems like sacrificial, you know, generosity is assumed by the new testament mm-hmm. that that would be the case for christians and those following jesus and there you know there's no direct verse that says thou shalt still tithe 10 percent like the old testament but it from the whole picture that's painted it certainly seems like that's the starting place mm-hmm. you know uh, or that's a a very um understandable starting place for christians and and possibly even the bars raised maybe <laughs> from some of the language about generosity used by jesus and paul and you know i think the the people who tend to be the most concerned uh, with that, you know, topic and question, um, a lot of times, not always, you know, sometimes it's just genuinely, I'm trying to figure out how to make a living and how to, you know, pay my expenses and still be generous. But I think it can be exposing of a, of a heart that doesn't want to be generous, you yeah. know, and wants to kind of do the bare minimum required to feel okay about, about it. And, and, and I think that's, you know, one thing that God is calling us into on topic of the sermon is to act as if he is a God of provision and abundance mm-hmm. that will supply our, all, our every need, uh, even while we are generous and giving away what he's blessed us with. So, And if you need training on that, we have resources and tools available. Uh, I think one thing we've even said before is if the if we are agreed to 10% uh, as a as a church members of our family of churches we've agreed to within the member co- member covenant to give 10%. We're not saying there's a chapter and verse in the New Testament what we are saying is this is just what we are all agreeing to together yes. that we want to help support and fuel and fund the mission of God and care for needs. So we're all going to say hey, so let's let the starting place be 10%. 
if that means we need to adjust sort of our lifestyle in order to accommodate and care for needs in our church and fuel the mission, then let's do that. And if you need help, let's get you the tools and the training to do that. So we have resources in the show notes for you there if you need help making a budget or anything like that. So Brandon, how did preparing for this sermon on Sunday impact you personally throughout the week writing this? Yeah, I think just seeing the, you know, the robust kind of categories underneath the commandment, you know, I, I don't recall a time that I've like gone into a store and, you know, taken something that wasn't mine or whatever, but just seeing all the the mountain underneath it of possible ways that we can, you know, steal or have a the heart of a theft and um, the, the opposite of uh, generosity and living in abundance. And, and so one of the things I think about is, you know, I didn't grow up thinking about money very well and possessions and, you know, grew up more of the scarcity mindset, if that makes sense. And, yeah. you know, years ago, I went through personal finance seminar with Steve Von Fange uh, before he passed away and, and learned so, so much, you know, and just what an incredible man he was. And that was one of the first times where I actually realized like, you know, just how money works and how investing works and, you know, how, if you set aside a, a certain amount of money and the right interest bearing, you know, investment account and what it will turn into in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years or whatever. And, and just being mind blown by that, you know, just that is an unbelievable tool that, a lot of people don't know about right and aren't taking advantage of in our economic system and um i think once you really understand that and get a grasp on that it it can make it even more difficult to be generous with what you have mm. because you're not you're not just thinking about oh what what if you know can i give a thousand dollars to this thing or this cause or whatever it's well I, I actually know what that thousand dollars is going to be likely be in 10 years or 20 years or 30 yeah. years huh. and so i you know feel like i'm giving the future value for a present need you know mm. and so i think that's one of the things that as i've gotten you know more fluent with um you know money investing um stuff it's been a just a a, a challenge on my heart to to continue to try to press into sacrificial generosity and 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 not just trying to you know do the wisest financial thing sure and i think that's you know probably a tension that a lot of people feel is you know with deciding how to get their their budget set up and generosity you know percentages Ooh. and that kind of thing i think it's a it's a thing that you have to to weigh out um at least for those who are thinking about those kind of things we talked about Napster and pirating sites, and it got my mind thinking to sharing passwords for streaming services. That was something I legit had to wrestle with for about half a day where I ended up on it. And, you know, I'm open and receptive to, you know, if if you think this is more stealing, then OK, then I, I need to go about this differently. But with streaming services and sharing passwords that a lot of these platforms now have multiple profiles for people in a family. So for example, Netflix is something shared between my family and my parents, and we all have our own individual profile. And then likewise for Hulu, we share that, but we pay for that and there's individual. So for me, I landed on the side of, I think that's permissible because those platforms do accommodate for multiple people on the same 
plan. But if it wasn't and it was just one person and I'm borrowing their identity to stream, then that would probably be stealing and I would probably be uncomfortable with that. I think that's okay. But also I know sin by its nature can make us deceived. So I'm I'm holding that very, very loosely just in case people were just sort of figuring out what is stealing and what isn't and how can I live out this commandment. So are you saying you think it's permissible in a family system, but not in a friend to friend? I think where I'm landing with it is it is permissible so long as in those platforms it accommodates for your identity with the profile. Mm. Does that make sense? So like, I think I would be fine with it too if friends are sharing one another's streaming so long as they accommodate by creating those profiles. But then again, you know, I think it gets really sticky and really yeah. tricky and I'm sure someone could say, well, what about this? And I would probably fold and say, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. So I'm holding that all extremely loosely. Yeah. Because like we said, I think that is one of those categories that, man, if you're not careful, it's just so easy to sort of sear your conscience towards yeah, that. For sure. So we want to be really careful to live this out. I, well, as you were talking, I was just like, man, our third roommate got married, moved out, and we're still logged in all her stuff. So it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean. That was her wedding gift to y'all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing with this commandment is I think it's really easy to brush off, but the more I was really turning that onto myself, the more I thought, well, shoot, that probably means I can't do this because that would be a subtle form of yeah. stealing. Just being really cautious and realize sin is very subtle in a lot of ways. And if we're not searching every corner of our heart about this command, it could sneak up on you. Hmm. Any other thoughts, Brandon? Yeah, I think we hit this in the book, but just the categories of you can steal through greed or you can also steal through laziness. You know, I think that's just really important to recognize that because when people think of stealing, I think they think of, you know, breaking in and, you know, grabbing the TV or whatever it is and, um, or, you know, embezzling money from your company. And you know, they think primarily of stealing through greed. And as we were talking about the sermon and, and teaching team weeks ago, we, you know, kind of said like this, this sermon really this commandment should you know step on the toes of the political right and the political left you know and it should call out stealing from greed and also stealing through laziness mm -hmm. and the different forms that this can take in a, in a society and in a culture and um you know pr try to emphasize that at lexington where you know james says the the wages the oppressed workers whose wages were denied them you know have the the ears of god and also paul says if you if a man doesn't work you shouldn't eat and that's just a really interesting dynamic you know yeah. where and it really goes to show what we've been talking about that there are often dangers on both sides of, of a road mm -hmm. and there are ways that you can go wrong in either direction yeah and ways that you can break this commandment through greed or through laziness and um i just think that's important for a for a robust understanding of God's moral vision and how we operate under under his design for flourishing. Mm -hmm. That is all we have for this week. Brandon, anything we could be specifically be praying for you, your family, your church? Yeah, I think for, for Lexington, it feels like we're getting a little bit um, more back from pandemic stuff. And it just kind of feels like we're week by week inching toward a bit more of a sense of normalcy and 
And so I, I know for everyone, it's been a really difficult year and a half, two years. And I just, you know, I think for, for all of our mental and spiritual and emotional health, it would just be very, very helpful if we were all able to continue inching back toward a sense of normalcy. Mm -hmm. And so I am, would love for a prayer for, for that, for, for us and for all of our churches. That sounds great. Well, I would love to pray for that to end our time. And as you're listening to this, continue to pray for our pastors and our staff and our leaders who are really bearing the weight of all of this to make sure we can look more like Jesus and so that Jesus can shine in our city. So if you will pray with me, God, we thank you for what you're doing at Midtown Lexington, that more folks are coming back around on Sundays. And God, we pray for you to continue doing that and making that happen. I thank you that this is really, in a lot of ways, answered prayer to stuff we've even been praying before on the midweek to see us slowly crawl back to normalcy. So Jesus, we know you are faithful. You will continue the work that you set out to begin with in us and through us. So Father, we ask, will you uh, continue working in us a spirit of endurance to make this for the long haul so that we can get back to normal so that the pandemic can be behind us and we can continue pursuing what it means to be a Jesus-centered family on mission for your good and your glory. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, that's all we have time for this week. Thanks for listening. Check the show notes. Drop us a line. Drop a line for us. Drop a line to us. How do we say that? One of those. I think you hit it. Cool. Well, have a great week. We'll see you all later. Bye. Bye.